So we're into hour number two. My thanks to Yogi Roth, who looked like a million, showed up like a million. He's a pro. Always has been. Great to talk to you, Yogi. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you very much. Brother. All right, so the second hour is wide open. We are off TV right now. We are audio only. Old school. So lots to get done still yet. Second hour is open. I've got Foyer Aluakon, a linebacker for the Jags. He's a Yaley. You want to talk Ivy? He's a Yaley. Linebacker for the Jags, great player. He joins me at the top of hour number three. We already started the program. I said sometimes the biggest topic on the show is the show itself, and I talked about Jack Savage, so we're still getting some reaction to him. He mentioned that some Texas fans did slide into his DMs and had some choice comments for him because he did tweet, or X yesterday, if you have any problem with any of my grandfather's selections, I will fight you. It's a fight. I don't know, man. I don't know that you want to try Savage. He looks like he can take care of himself. And the fact that he is Jack Savage means it's not a question of if he has ever killed somebody else, but how many kills and when he will kill again. He's Jack Savage. So be careful what you say and what you do. He's on record. Here's somebody trying to turn around my argument about the in-season tournament, even though you haven't heard my full argument. But okay, I'll bite. Hey, Jim, if players care about the regular season now because of the in-season tournament, you couldn't tell by the 76ers destroying the Lakers by 44 points. I don't think Anthony Davis ever cares about anything. Scott and Salt Lake. Hmm. Got me. Anthony, what's going baby? Got me, Scott. Uh, no, you didn't. That was not a tournament game. The Lakers are 4-0 in tournament games. They're 6-8 and in normal games. So you actually proved my point for me. Sit down, Scott. They only get up for the You're tournament idiot. games. You proved my point. Hey, Van Smack. Bobby Petrino is returning to Arkansas because he missed riding the local hogs. And I don't mean motorcycles. Vaughn's, Vance in Knoxville. Or Vaughn, I should say. Sorry about that, Vaughn. So why don't we get into it? Let me ask you this. When you think about the greatest comeback stories in recent sports history, what comes to mind? What do you think of first? I mean, in no particular order, you think about things like the Red Sox coming back from 3-0 to beat the Yankees. Or obviously you think about the Patriots coming back from down 28-3 to to beat the Falcons. Maybe Tiger Woods coming back and winning the Masters. Maybe Alex Smith coming back from one of the, probably the single most gruesome injury in NFL history. All amazing comebacks. Awe-inspiring comebacks. Well, here's another one to add to the list. Maybe to the top of the list. This one might be the most unlikely comeback story I think I've ever heard. And I've been in this game a long time, yo. Somehow, someway, Bobby Petrino was just hired by Arkansas again. For real. Bobby Petrino was rehired by Arkansas. For real. I mean, you got to love the SEC. SEC. Always going to SEC. Like the SEC... To me, it's not even just a conference apart or a conference unlike any other. The SEC is its own world. The SEC is its own galaxy. Now, granted, 
Arkansas did not bring him back as the head coach. (laughs) Not yet they didn't. But no, right now they did not hire him as the head coach. Only the offensive coordinator. But the offensive coordinator. We're not talking about one of those deals. One of those reclamation projects where Nick Saban brings a guy in and they bring him in as, I don't know, a glorified intern or quality control assistant or consultant. No, hell no. Petrino is the offensive coordinator. Hell, the fact that this dude can even show what's left of his face in Fayetteville is miraculous enough, let alone start pulling a paycheck from that university once again. It's incredible. How about a quick recap? For those of you who may have forgotten the last time Bobbo was rolling around in the mud in Fayetteville. Or maybe I've got some young listeners that don't know the background. So Petrino, and granted, a respected offensive mind, or at least he was, was the head coach from 2008 to 2011 at Arkansas. And honestly... He was doing a hell of a good job. He was killing it. He was killing it there before nearly killing himself and his career. Does that ring a bell? You remember, right in the midst of it all, as he was winning, he one day gets on his hog. He lied about riding that hog alone, only to find out a 25-year-old woman whom he hired and was having an affair with was on the back of the hog with him. He then laid said hog right down on the pavement and left half his face in the gravel on the roadway. She apparently was okay. This is how it sounded. The biggest problem for... You had it right the first time, Albie. This is how it sounded. We found some audio. Bobby Petrino leaving half his face in the gravel. Allegedly. That was way back in 2012. That was way back in 2012. And as far as I can tell, they're still picking this guy's face out of the pavement today. So way back then, because of all that, they break him off. And because he was fired for cause, he was not allowed to be hired back by the university. Yet here we are. Here the bleep we are. Here the f*** we are. I thought that you were not allowed to hire this guy back. He was fired for cause. They had a rule. If you get fired for cause, you cannot be rehired at any point. Yet here he is. And once again, we'll be pulling a check from a school that he allegedly was never allowed to return to. I mean, all that bleep actually happened, right? For one, I have the audio of it. You just heard it. All that bleep actually did happen, right? I mean, the hog, the affair, half his face being smeared across the pavement. I didn't just dream that, did I? It actually happened. But it just seems so weird. I mean, it was so cut and dry. This guy can't work there anymore. So I Googled it. I Googled it today just to be sure, and a bunch of images of him missing half his face and rocking a neck brace popped up. So yes, it did actually happen. And yes, somehow, some way, this dude has worked his way back to Arkansas and they're willing to take him back. 
I mean, you got to hand it to this dude. The bleep this dude pulls is incredible. I mean, damn, Bob. If you have that in you, if you have that in you, why not skip Arkansas altogether and just show up at the Atlanta Falcons facility and demand that job back? You know, the head coaching job, the one that you quit in the middle of the night, leaving all those letters taped to the players' lockers and beating it the hell out of town in the middle of the night under darkness as a coward. You remember that. I bet enough time, though. Look, if you got that job back at Arkansas, I bet enough time has passed that no one in the ATL remembers that you did them like that either. Except maybe my dude Warwick Dunn. Maybe my dude Warwick Dunn, who came on this show back in the day and essentially thought that you were the biggest snake and the biggest rat ever for doing what you did. The biggest problem for us was Byron Petrino. He just wasn't a good guy. You can't, for six months tell guys to buy into your system to believe in what you're believing in but you're doing everything to hold up your end and he didn't do that to leave us a letter in our locker when he decided to leave that was just disrespectful you don't play a game on monday night and leave the next day to me that just says you know what i didn't care about this thing anyway that's work done i mean one of the most stand-up best guys ever and not known for that kind of commentary and he made that very clear he don't do that Like, Petrino's like that toxic ex that just keeps finding a way back into your life. It's like that everybody who's ever employed this guy needs to block this dude's number on their phone. Hey, look, I get it. He's a highly regarded offensive coach. But it's been a minute since he really did anything at all impressive. And it's been about three seconds Since he last flaked on a program. This isn't like all past history. This isn't like, yeah, well, that's what he did back then. But he's different now. No, he's not. He just pulled another Petrino this past June. And he got away with it because, well, because of course he did. He gets away with everything. This dude got hired to be the offensive coordinator at UNLV. And then pieced on them three weeks later. He's still pulling this crap. And the reason he did that was Jimbo. Desperate Jimbo came calling. And I guess you got to give Jimbo some credit. Give Jimbo some credit for this Petrino revival in the SEC. It's ridiculous. In fact, he might deserve all the credit. Because Thin Skin was so desperate to save his own ass the thin skin stole Petrino from UNLV and brought him back into the SEC. And of course, that didn't work, which is why Petrino was once again looking for another job. I mean, I don't know how this dude does it. Like, never mind falling forward, man. This dude, this dude is more slippery than a bar wet soap and slimier too. And yet somehow he has wormed his way back into Fayetteville? Would it really surprise anybody if he were to worm his way into that job full-time and become the head coach again, only to quit a month after he's the head coach or lays another hog down on the pavement and loses the other half of his face? I don't know. Nothing that happens in the SEC ever surprises me, not even this. But I would have at least expected Arkansas 
to finish picking pieces of this guy's face out of the pavement before they brought him back and decided to pay him. And obviously they haven't. Never ever has there been a better example of not dead, can't quit. You simply cannot kill this guy off. Even Jack Savage couldn't kill this guy. You cannot kill this guy off. And as much as he tries, he can't even kill his own career. But you talk about things coming full circle. This dude's back in Arkansas. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, Rome. What's with the... Get your bell ready, Alvin. What's with the about face regarding Arkansas and Bobby P? I'm sure he'll hit the ground running and help the team scrape together a few wins. Chad from Orlando at Mosh Pit Chad is in, quote, the Bobby Petrino news highlights two things. Saying something means nothing anymore. You know, high school athlete commitments, college policies, etc. Also, dudes will do some really dumb things for some action. We're leaving half your face on the pavement and still coming out good. I don't know that he came out well or good. I mean, as I mentioned, they are still picking bits of his face out of the gravel. But he came out of it. He came out the other end. I'm not saying he came out well. This guy's had quite an odyssey and journey since then. But isn't it amazing? If you keep what's left of your face to the grindstone, you can stay in the game. And he did. It's incredible. Ken writes, hey, Rome, nothing wrong with Arkansas rehiring Bobby Petrino. It happens. Sincerely, Phil Collins divorcing his wife. She took all of his money. And then they get remarried only for her to lock him out of their house and divorce him again. Hashtag, she has an invisible touch. I gotta be honest, I hate that song. I gotta be equally honest, I hate all of his songs. Alvin, Alvin, thank you. Alvin! Jeez, Alan, come on. Hey, Pim, two questions. Thank you, Alan. Are you prepared to stop an ass kicking when one of your guests doesn't agree with the selection committee? Two. Does Mr. Deloro still have that old school, that's whack, drop? If so, he missed a few great opportunities when you were talking about the in-season tourney. Jeff and Bugaw. Good point. That's Good whack. point. Now, hey, listen. What these guys do, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, the XR4TI, they all have their own social media accounts. And some of them use them more than others. It's clear to me that some of you are trying to establish your own brands. I get it. Also, though, some of you have dialed way back to commit to the brand. I get that, too. As far as Jack Savage threatening people on his brand and platform, I mean, it's, it's new. We haven't dealt with that before. I haven't had other members of the XR4TI threaten to give anybody the hands. I've always been very, very careful about letting guys know, hey, listen, 
you you represent yourself, but you do represent me. These hands. And you represent the company, and you represent the company I work for. Be very careful what you push out there. I'm not saying what you can and can't push out as content. I'm saying be smart. Be careful. What I'm saying is don't threaten to kill somebody or kick somebody's ass, Jack Savage. But it's too late, dude. You can't delete it. It's been screenshotted. Now you got to either back it up or back down. I don't know how you want to deal with that. But I get it. It's family. And you don't want to see Grandpa take any. Trust me, Grandpa can handle it. He's been around. Grandpa is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Grandpa is a former head coach. Grandpa is a former AD. Grandpa is a legend. He's seen it all. He's heard it all. I'm sure he appreciates your youthful energy and you willing to fight the internet. But you may have to fight the internet, brah. Because there's going to be some unhappy people. Trust me. There will be people on the outside looking in. They're going to be really pissed. And now since you've threatened to fight them, you might have to. Grandpa, look at Augustus. Grandpa, look at Texas. Grandpa, look at Augustus. Don't worry. He can't Grandpa, Grandpa, look at the Longhorns. Now I have to fight everybody in Texas. Grandpa, look at my ex-feed. Hey, don't worry. Jim won't read it. The hell he won't. Jim's already hacked into his account so I can get to the DMs. Damn, Savage, they're pissed. (laughs) I don't know, dude. What's up with you? You're You're like the most agreeable guy. I mean, you come in a little tired every morning, but, dude, your energy is good once you wake up and you've had your first cup. Everybody loves you. You love everybody. You make it better, dude. You're like the nice dude. You're like the good guy. You're not in bad moods ever. And here you are online threatening to give people the hands. And then here's here's James Kelly saying, I'll take some of that action. Uh, He's like, I'm betting on Savage. Savage could jack some guys up. He's getting away from us. Anyway, the, the point is not that he threatened to fight people. The point is that his grandfather is Chris Alt, and I didn't know it and had to find out about it on the X. If you missed our number one. SoCal Jeff writes, press, wasn't Bobby Petrino fired for cause and not allowed to be hired back? Arkansas AD. Eh, well, let's not get into that right now. Again. The thing is, I don't think, Tommy, check that out. But it's pretty tight, man. Can you get any tighter on that shot? It's not the AD. The AD does not have the authority to bring this guy back. I think it's got to come directly from the president. It goes to the very top. That was, in fact, a rule. When they fired him for cause, it was written in. It was a rule. You cannot ever bring him back. He was fired for cause. You can't ever bring him back is code for if we wait long enough and we get desperate enough and we have the right president, we will bring him back. And what's left of his face? Just make sure he doesn't go running out to the local Harley dealer. I wonder if there's a motorcycle clause in this new contract. Or a 25-year-old female clause in this contract. A co-ed clause, if you will. Hey, Jim. I want to see a, a cage match between two legendary bikers. 
Tan Smack v. Bobby Petrino. Bet Bobby wins that face-off. Robin Green Bay, well played. Listen, unlike Bobby, I didn't do anything wrong when I was on the back of that hog. Nor did the two gals, the one in the front and the one in the back, do anything wrong when they were engaged in that tan smack sando. We didn't do anything wrong. I didn't hire them. They didn't work for me. I wasn't having an affair with them. I did not lay the hog down on the ground and leave half my gloriously tanned face on the pavement. It's not a good comparison. Dear Jack Savage, your grandpa is on the CFP selection committee. Must be nice. My grandpa is a freeloading POS. Yours, Charlie Bucky. Grandpa, look at Augustus. Savage got serious family. Which is why I think Savage is not that serious. He's got serious family, yo. His grandpa is a legend and a Hall of Famer. His dad is a legend and the baseball coach at UCLA. His mom is a killer. His mom, like, when Jack started working here, his mom hit him up with, good, good, Jack. I'm glad you got a job. Well done. Good, good. When are you going to start working out again? His mom hit him with that. Not his dad. Not his granddad. His mom. And he's like, uh, right away, Ma. Right away, Mom. Fat ass. Fat ass. <laughs> Did she hit you with that? Is that her? Fat ass. Nah, it's Scotty Farrell. It's not Jack Savage's mom. All right, a couple of you have made this point too. Dave, the Rocky guy, writes, don't forget about Jay Stu on a dating show. No, but I knew that though. I'm talking about guys on the staff who did things that I did not know about as part of their side hustle or had relationships that I did not know about. We knew about Stu. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. That was the legendary date that he had on Blind Date. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. The icon, Roger Lodge, set that up. Roger Lodge was a big, big jungle guy. He is still to this day. I'll get the occasional text from Roger Lodge. And that show was an iconic show. And as a, I guess you want to pay homage to this program or to Jay Stu. Jay Stu was getting a lot of acting gigs at that time. So he was in demand. And I think Roger thought, man, you know what would be great? You know what would be great? Let's put Jay Stu on Blind Date. Blind Date was a very big deal back in the day. So Jay Stu goes out on this date with some gal from the 909. I'm not judging. From the 909. She had a bad attitude, man. Like, I don't want to say she was a B, but she was a B. She hated him. Jason and Stu, and Stu was just doing really stupid Stu things. And it just went sideways. It went off the rails, which made it even better, right? Best content. But at the very end, remember, they always say, hey, would you go out on a date with him or her again? She was pretty emphatic about, I'm never going near that mole face fat guy ever again. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. You sound like, could you be a little more clear? You sound like you're on the fence and you're unsure. Would you like to go out with Jay Stu again? Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. You clearly need more time to think about it. I know the show is only 21 minutes, and it's really concise, and we got to get this thing out there. 
but we, we really need an answer. Take a deep breath and think about it. Would you like to go out with Jay Stewart again? Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. I mean, dude, she's bam, bam, bam. Stu had his fa- half his face on the pavement somewhere. He was in a gutter. Listen to the way she nailed that. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. And you think that Rex Lee dunked on me. You think that Rogues dumped on the big head. Yeah. Listen to this gal dunking all over Stu. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. Not, I don't want to go out with him again. I don't ever want to see him again. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. Jason's not my type. He's an idiot. I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. Wow. Like, dude, what did you do or say that night? Anyway. I've had problems with dry skin a lot of my life. Uh Uh-huh. And my dermatologist told me that Americans have dry skin, and in other countries, they bathe once or twice a week. So they, their skin naturally moisturizes their skin. That's just gross. I, I go three and four days without bathing or showering or soaking. And that's something you want well, to tell everyone? I don't know, Stu. Like, because of my loyalty and fondness for you back in the day, we crushed her and had your back. But now that time has gone on and I've got enough like distance from that and I just look at it for what it is, I got to say, dude, I'm kind of on her side. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot and I don't ever want to see him again. She makes a good point. Like, dude, you want to share that? Bad enough that you do that and that you've got no regard for hygiene whatsoever. But you want to go on national TV and admit that? And you want to get with me? I think what Stu did is the thing that I won't do. He pandered to the clones, man. He gave the clones what they wanted. And he pulled a lot of other, other acts that night on My that show. My very chest you got there. <laughs> very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> but what about the boiler? It's boiling. It's pretty boiling. I mean, just the way the hair goes around like this, you don't just, you can't buy this. Like this. talking about his gut. think that's sexy? Women die for this. Seriously. Why? Why, 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 why? Oh, you, it looks like you have three boilers. Where? Hmm. I mean, that was a contentious date. And I'm starting to like her more and more. And starting, I stew. I mean, different time, for sure. Roger Lodge said it was like his favorite date ever. And he had seen them all, obviously. I mean, I, I can't put a number on it, but I, I remember when that thing hit. I think once you hit 1,000 episodes, whatever the number was, you officially go into syndication, which means bank. And I remember Raj was pretty happy about that, understandably so. I mean, he's probably seen thousands of those dates and said that was his favorite one ever. Ever. Anyway, point of the story is, I did not mention that in the take because we all knew about that. We knew about Stu's acting career. I only mentioned the things that the staffers had done that I did not know about. The side hustles, the moonlighting, the fact that Jack Savage is related to all these famous people and I didn't know about it and had to read about it on Twitter, slash the X. 
There you go. Brick. Okay, you're right. My bad, Albie. Just got carried away. Jason is not my type. He's an idiot. I never want to see him again. No second date. I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. So I got a question for you. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky like the best thing ever? Well, because it is. And it is because of a family business. A family business that stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. I think some of you roll into the store and you're like, hey, uh, I'll have that beef jerky. Which beef jerky? It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Wrong answer. They're not all the same. It's Old Trapper and everybody else. Old Trapper, where you can see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Old Trapper, where every single bite is tender and never tough because they use only the best ingredients. Old Trapper, they're using lean strips of beef, seasoned with top quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke. And they deliver quality in every single bite, and it comes in four mouth-watering flavors. Essentially, I eat it every single day. Every single day. So grab and go with a four-ounce bag. Or load up with an 18-ounce bag where there's enough for the entire team. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So it's going to be a short segment because I ran way over there. But some quick reaction before I get you a sports update. So the CEO knows. The CEO in SoCal. I had somebody ask me the other day, who's the first clone? Who's the first ever clone? I said impossible to determine, but there's a handful that might qualify. CEO might be the first actual clone. At least in terms of longevity. I don't know who the first one in was, but in terms of those who are the first in that are still in, CEO might be number one. He might be. He writes, V, at Jason Stewart, he had an agenda and he pulled it off gloriously. Oh, no doubt about it. He went in with an agenda. The funny thing is, all these years later, we were killing her at the time for disrespecting him. You know, our very own Jay Stu. But now when you hear it, those of you who weren't there at the time love her. Like, she's getting all this love now. JJ Sportmo, send the jungle PI out to find the blind date lady. She is the first lady clone. She should have a golden ticket. She could win multiple smack-offs. More lady clones. Roman the Halls, I have listened for 25 years. I never realized the stew in J-Stew stood for him stewing in his own filth. Can you find the date and get her on air? Radio Gold. Chris in Canada. Jamie in Green Bay. Clearly that girl did not hear J-Stew sing Better Man because she would have fallen in love. Yeah, I don't think that would have helped either. That's Jay Stu and Kyle Brandt in a bar one night. Actual sound, karaoke. Listen to Stu. Here comes the good part. Come on now. What's with that goat thing you had going? Uh, I need to get over a break. 
What a character, man. This dude, Stu. Jay freaking Stu, jungle legend. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about that in-season tourney and why I like it so much. Foyer Aluakon coming up later on. How about a phone call? How about two phone calls? How about somebody do something other than us around here to make it better? Hit me. Get your sports update, though. Here you go. Here's Rich Ackerman. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Once again, clones, check it out. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample different flavors to find out the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? All right, so why don't we talk about the NBA in-season tourney? Got to admit, I'm sort of surprised, sort of impressed. Surprised that any of the players actually knew what was happening and impressed at how seriously they seemed to be taking it. I had no idea the tournament would have dudes putting other dudes in headlocks and dragging them around the court in November. I had no idea this tournament would push AD to actually push another dude to the ground using his two hands. Again, I had no idea the players would even be aware that it was taking place. Although the hideous courts definitely did help because there's no way you can look down at that abomination beneath your feet. And forget what you're playing for. That was smart. Bite yours. And by the way, what are they playing for? What are they playing for again? A trip to Vegas? Some cash? Yeah, because NBA players need either of those two things. Because they're running short on cash and they can't get to Vegas. Does anybody in the NBA really need to win a tournament to take a trip to Vegas? Is that actually some sort of incentive? or motivation to anybody in that league? Those were the questions I had before I saw Draymond dragging Rudy Gobert around the court by the neck and AD getting physical under the hoop. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? This might actually work. Last night's tournament games then created brand new questions. Biggest one being, the hell is happening here? Like, if you were confused by all the machinations and various potential outcomes of the last night of the group stage of the inaugural in-season tourney, you were not the only one. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And I'm not the only one. Even coaches and players themselves seem pretty weirded out and pretty confused. Weirded out because the star of the in-season tourney is a stat that has never meant a damn thing before in the NBA. Point differential. The ties in this ridiculous group stage of this ridiculous tournament are broken by head-to-head record first, and then, of course, point differential next, which led to a bunch of really weird and awesome scenarios around the league last night. I say weird and awesome because generally weird is good, which is why I enjoy the chaos as meaningless and confusing as it seemed to be. As an example, 
Follow me here. The Celtics and Bulls. The Celtics needed to win that game, and they needed to win that game by a lot in order to advance, which is why they kept their starters playing heavy minutes all the way to the end of that game, even though they were winning by 29 entering the fourth quarter. Even better than that, they resorted. This is incredible. They resorted to intentionally fouling Andre Drummond while up 32 with seven minutes left. You think Eddie Munster had a problem with that? I'm not talking about vampire boy behind the glass. I'm talking about the vampire boy who coaches the Bulls. But for how much longer is anybody's guess? Anyway, he got into it with Joe Mazzulla for going hack-a-drummond with a 32-point lead. The problem is it really wasn't a 32-point lead. It was really only like a 9-point lead because the Celtics had to win by 23 to advance. They were just doing what they had to do or thought they had to do. I had a couple of thoughts on this. Andre could just hit some free throws, and then this wouldn't be a problem. And also, wow, this is dumb, man. This is so dumb and so bad, it's actually awesome. The tournament being structured so the teams have to run up the score on each other and piss each other off for absolutely no reason is actually kind of genius. It's like Ears is the only one who gets it. Ears knew this would happen. He's smart. You can't tell me he didn't know this would happen. If you put point differential in there as a determining factor, of course this crap is going to happen. So what happens? Now you've got stars in blowouts that have no reason being in the game, risking injury, and maybe impacting their title chances. You want to talk about idiotic. Give me more. I can't get enough of this idiocy. I mean, it's weird and weird as hell, and it is awesome. But it's weird. Don't take it from me. Take it from pretty much everybody involved last night, starting with Joe Mazzulla. You're having a conversation with a coach in the middle of the game about why you're winning by so much. I mean, how weird is that for you? I mean, it's only weird because it's new. Like, to me, it's like, it's just weird because it's new. It's different. Five, six years. Like, you go back, like, I truly love watching the European tournaments and the style that they have. And so, like, five, six years from now, this is going to be, like, just normal. And so it's only weird because it's new and people have to get used to that. Yeah, no, dude. Absolutely not. I know for a fact it's not weird because it's new. It's And people will get used to it. It's weird because it's weird. I don't think that intentionally fouling while up 32 points is going to feel normal or natural in five or six years or 50 or 60 years. It's completely jacked up, which is why I like it so much. It's like both the worst and best idea ever. I was so prepared to hate this thing, and I did, until I started to love this thing. And I started to love this thing the second it became a complete bleep show that is what it's become. But that's not just me. Well, that is actually just me. I think I'm the only one who likes it. Jalen Brown, for instance, he hates it. It's tough because, uh, I mean, that's just not how... The game is supposed to be played, you know. Um, one, you got to respect your opponents. And and two, like, you know, it's just 
weird setup. You know, we understand the rules, but I could, if I was another team, I'd be upset as well if we were doing, you know, the hack of drumming in the middle of the fourth quarter. But, you know, um, our coaching staff made their decisions, and we, we stick with it. God, that is so good. I'd be pissed, too, if I were the other team and employed the hack of drumming. Listen, I understand that perspective. You know, the hack of and I understand the whole how the game is supposed to be played. But one problem, Jay, how the game is supposed to be played went right out the damn window a long time ago. Right around the time guys started sitting out for no reason. Right around the time guys started requesting trades every time the wind blew in a different direction. This is why ears and his minions came up with the idea in the first place, Jalen. Because nobody gives a damn about the regular season, including the players, especially the players. And I didn't give a damn about this lame in-season tournament either until I saw how much the players hated it and the confrontations that were resulting from it and dudes getting suspended and dudes getting dragged around the floor by their neck. Now I want more. Now I actually, for the first time ever, care about the regular season. As long as it includes complete bleep activity like this every night, I care about it. Way to go, ears. As I mentioned, my dude, David Stern, is looking down on his young protege, smiling for coming up with such a brilliant idea. Or he's looking up, considering dude is in the ground. I I don't know where Stern is. I just know he's happy. He's proud of his young protege. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? A positive take. A positive take on the NBA in-season tournament. See, I'm not like the rest of you. I'm not here to hate. I'm here to have an open mind. I did hate it, and then I watched it, and now I love it. Because the players hate it, and the coaches are butthurt, and they're fighting. It's awesome. Good on you, ears.